Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Fantasy Fellow Show. This is the first ever fantasy basketball show that we're doing here. So I'm joined by a couple friends here that I've played uh, some competitive fantasy basketball with the last few seasons. I'm joined by a really good friend, Drake, and a new pretty good friend here in John Heffernan. Uh, thanks for being on the show, guys. Welcome to the first uh, the first podcast of our uh, fantasy basketball series. Thanks for having I'll, me. I'll throw it. To you. you want to talk about? Uh, I don't know. What are uh, what are we into tonight, Drake? What are we gonna be doing? I think tonight we're gonna just kind of go over each team, go over the roster, probably give everyone three to four relevant fantasy players to look out through the season, and then kind of just talk basketball. Yeah, and we'll kind of just we're gonna probably start here with Atlanta and Boston on the screen. We'll just kind of mosey on down through the lineup here. We'll talk probably. I mean, everyone kind of knows the top one or two players of a team, but as far as fantasy basketball, we know it's those those sometimes those fourth, fifth, sixth players that are the best players on their team that we're really valuing valuing towards uh, to get the extra points that we need in a week. So that's going to be where a lot of the important talk is going to be about. Uh, but welcome to the show, John. What are we? Uh, what are we excited about for the most uh, part of this season here? Uh, yeah, thanks for having me, Kyle. And um, I'm I'd be interested to see you know who emerges in some of these uh, some of these teams. Obviously, we know the stars pretty well. Those guys are always pretty pretty defined and clear cut. But but who's going to come in be that tertiary or that fourth option? That's that's value. I mean, from a fantasy perspective, you know, who are those people? And hopefully, we can dig them out for you <laughs> and i think one of the the best way to start like because i just pulled up this random roto world chart here and we start with atlanta who we were talking about a little bit before the show started here and this is a really fun young team and i think one of the, the easiest way to have a really good fantasy season is to hit on just a couple of those second third year players who have you know, are ready to take like a next leap so we know trey young's a, a pretty good stud here i think john collins is going to be a household name for the most part this year I don't know if a lot of people know of him yet, but he's definitely been on my radar. Uh, but just looking at the Hawks roster here, they're loaded with a lot of young twos and three guards here. Um, so we're, we're super confident with Trey Young here at the top. But I guess what can you guys, I mean, just do, Drake, do you have any any thoughts here on, on Bogdan, Bogdanovich, Kevin Herter, Cam Reddish, DeAndre Hunter? A lot of young talent here. How does it shake out? Yeah, I, I really like Cam Reddish. Um, we were talking before the show that he's a versatile scorer. He's going to come in. He actually outplayed DeAndre Hunter last year. So I think um, he's going to be one of those guys you can pick up during the week. He's not going to probably take up a roster spot all season, but will be a fun one to play around with all year, kind of fill in some games for you. Uh, another player I really like on their team is Clint Capella, who's kind of been a forgotten man. Um when he's healthy, he's putting up fantasy stats. He's getting you rebounds. He's getting you points. Uh, him and Trey Young, especially with Rondo coming in there, working the pick and roll with Clint Compella. I'm kind of excited to see that. And they just dropped and then, so uh, much money on Bogdanovich. Like I would, I would be shocked if Bogdanovich doesn't have a massive role. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if he was what ended the season third on the team in minutes played. Okay, so you think he could be a really core piece? not only for the Atlanta Hawks, but for fantasy rosters. I know when I did my mock draft, he was pretty low in, in terms of draft position, but man, you pay, you pay a guy that much. We're going to get attention. And I, I like Kevin Herter, 
but he's he was really inconsistent on a, on a weekly basis where I feel like Bogdan, he's going to be a guy that they can rely on every game here. And then just because all the attention is going to be on Trey Young, I mean, this guy's just going to be in the corner, just sitting there hitting some threes for the most part. So I do like, I like Trey Young. I like Bogdan. I think Herder's probably going to lose some value with the addition of Bogdan and then probably uh, what Drake talked about, Cam Reddish and DeAndre Hunter. That's two really good young players that are going to be getting better this year. So it'll be interesting to see who gets the most playtime there. Uh, but then Danilo Gallinari, he, he's been a fantasy stud for the last few seasons. He's getting older. But is he a guy that could be a role player for us towards like the end of our bench? Uh, what does he bring to the Hawks? I would say I would say an injury to Collins, Gallinari instantly becomes must start, like must rosterable kind of guy. With a healthy Collins and a healthy Capella, and 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 those are pretty big caveats because those guys haven't shown throughout their careers they're they're durable enough to stay healthy for a whole season. But if those two guys stay healthy, I think Gallinari is probably more matchup dependent. Like you're you're bringing him in, you know, for a game here, a week there when they have a bunch of games during the week, something like that. Um, I love Gallinari as a player. I think he's fantastic. I think he's really good. I just as long as the the front court and ahead of him stays healthy, I don't see his pathway to minutes being that massive. I, I really do think of him on this team as a role player. Yeah, I would agree with that. Drake, did you have any other, I guess, final thoughts on this Atlanta team? We really think we, I mean, we know Trey Young, first round pick. We know John Collins is going to be productive for fantasy. And uh, Clint Capella, I guess that's kind of the wild card for me is if he if, if you tell me he plays more than 60 games, he's going to be a guy that's uh, going to be very, very good for your team. But uh, any other final thoughts on Atlanta here? Yeah, just one more thought on uh, Kevin Herter. His scoring is just based off how he's going to score the basketball that night. He's not going to really bring you any other fantasy-relevant stats. Um, he did have some fun ones last year. I remember him putting up some some high point totals, but just not you know yeah. not a guy you're going to want to keep on your team throughout the season at this point, unless there's an injury. You know, he starts getting in there more. I would say his minutes probably go down this year. Would you guys agree? Probably. He's at yeah, 31 I he minutes. I think he suffers quite a bit. He's probably going to be down in that 27, 28 range. Uh, we got Robert Owens hanging out in the chat room here. Uh, <laughs> Robbie. Yeah. As far as Kevin Herter, maybe in a – the only thing I think I'm going to be interested in for him is if you play in a categories league and you just need some help in the points department. But, like, from a standpoint here, you're, like, only four rebounds per game, less than four assists, not really helping the blocks and the steals. So he doesn't really offer much outside of points. And then I don't know, uh, John, is he much of a defensive player at all? Like, is he that valuable when he's on the court besides three-point shooting? I think you're better at defense than Kevin Herter, Kyle. <laughs> all right. Um, so, yeah. I, yeah, I think it would be interesting to monitor. I, you know, Drake pointed out Reddish before. I mean, Hunter, Hunter's a really talented kid, really high draft capital, really young. Herter, not as high of draft capital, but still first-round guy, also very young. Bogdanovich, they threw a shitload of a lot of money at. Excuse my language. I I don't know who's going to emerge, but I would I would pay a lot of attention early on and watch those minutes. And whoever is trending up at the beginning of the season, I wouldn't be shocked if if those are the guys you want to own. And then a lot of those guys might go undrafted. I mean, I think Reddish and Bogdan will probably be drafted. Herder, maybe maybe not, depending on league size. Hunter, probably not. 
So I, I would particularly pay attention to Herder and Hunter because I, I wouldn't be surprised if they're rolling around waiver wires in January, February. Exactly. I think it was and a couple just, years ago, Kyle, that you and I had the John Collins weekly swap where we were just <laughs> yes. kept picking him up off the waivers. John might have been in that three-way too. I don't know. But he's a fun fantasy player. 2018 season? Yeah. I think yeah, we all, then, we went one, two, three that year, me being third. I, I finished. Like, I was the one that held on to him at the end. And you have John Collins on your team. You're going to like him. Uh, yeah. he, he had the suspension last year, averaged 33 minutes, 21 points, 21 and a half points, 10 boards. Uh, he's also pretty good productive in the block department as well. Get some assists and some steals, but this is a guy that's going to get you a double, double every night. I don't, I mean, he's still really young. He's 23 years old. We're, we still haven't seen him hit his ceiling here. Uh, and I think in terms of ADP right now, he's like in the fourth round of ESPN drafts. So this is the guy that I, I built my team around last year and I'm, probably going to try to do it again this year but uh i don't know i huge fan of john collins this atlanta hawks team in general is just really young really fun and i think it, it, it's all going to come back to what we've been talking about here which of these young twos and threes are going to step up and be the most consistent for uh not only the hawks but our fantasy teams here so uh, i did well, have a question in the chat room here real quick uh we'll get to your thought in a sec but uh we got the turner hair here asking um his team is stacked and his worst position is shooting guard. Should we be starting uh, Zach Levine or D'Angelo Russell? Do you guys want to take on that one at all? Um, you know, I probably start D'Angelo Russell in the offense that he's going to be in with um, KT coming in, playing again this year together. Russell's also probably going to get you more assists and help you out with other points. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, John. I to me, Russell so, yeah. plays more like a point guard, but... Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're doing like a category league, I'd probably Russell seems to be the logical option. I agree 100% with Drake. He's probably going to score close to Levine, maybe a little less, but he's still going to give you a way above average scoring. He's going to definitely beat Levine in assists. I don't know off the top of my head, but I would just assume Russell's probably you know, rebounding a little better than Levine, stealing a little better than Levine. That could be false. I don't think either one of those guys is good at it. Um, but if you just need straight buckets, Levine is obviously the guy. Uh, otherwise, I'm going Russell. All right, good stuff. Um, so, I, John, I don't know if you had one more thought on Atlanta, but I was going to move on to Boston. Did you have anything else there? Yeah, just a quick thing. Like, I, I know we don't play with, uh, like, the categories and we don't play with the percentages, but I noticed when you were looking at the stats for John Collins, he was, like, 58% field goal percentage, and then 40, I think it was, like, 40.8 or something. You weren't scrolled all the way over, but it doesn't really matter. He's above 40% three-point percentage. I mean, if you're in a categories league, this dude, if you took him in the second round, I don't think someone would be, like, I don't think you could argue against that. So he's he's a, he's a valuable player regardless of format and – He's going to, his availability is his issue, obviously. Good stuff. Uh, Turner had one more question here. Zion or DeAndre Ayton? And they're, bit, they're different positions, which is different. Uh, <laughs> I've been drinking, Turner, Turner, I've been drinking the Zion Kool-Aid for a long time, and so I'm going Zion. But you're, you ain't going to have a bad time with Ayton. He's, he's a beast, and he's got Chris Paul setting him up this year. I mean, he's, he's going to eat a lot. Yeah, you're, Turner you're, has a stacked team. I'm scared to hear who else <laughs> is on that squad. Uh, so we'll kind of move on to Boston. Good problem to have. We probably need to pick up the pace on these guys if we're going to be – otherwise we'll be talking for three days. Uh, yeah. But with Boston, Kemba Walker, I don't know when he's coming back. I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on that. 
But I'm excited about Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. And then we'll see about Daniel Tice. I know Tristan Thompson's kind of hurt right now. He's going to be back into the fold. He came over from uh, from Cleveland. Uh, but Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, that's going to be the strength of this team to start the year. We'll see when Kemba comes back. Again, no Gordon Hayward now. That's what really makes me excited about Jalen Brown's minutes. So he's the guy that I think if I'm going to draft one Boston Celtic, that's probably the one I'm going to I'm going to target in terms of value wise. Uh, but Drake, what do you uh, what do you expect to see from the Celtics this year? Yeah, well, well, let's touch on Kemba. There was so many rumors out there that he was trying to be dealt. Um, you know, they were trying to deal this injured point guard again, and Danny Ainge was trying to just snipe my calves, is what I heard. They wanted the fifth overall pick for Kemba. Luckily, this time we didn't take. But um, so I, man, I'm staying away from Kemba Walker this year in fantasy basketball. Uh, he's got a fun name; everyone recognizes it, but. I don't want anything to do with that. To touch on your point, I really like Jason Tatum, and I think he is just on the path to blasting off this year. Um, I think ADP, he's going in the first round, and that's yeah. probably uh, probably correct for his talent. And especially with you know Gordon out gone now, that wing position for them has opened up, and I really like Tatum and Brown this year. I have nothing to add. Agreed 100%. I like both of them. I think the reduction, it's almost just addition by subtraction, at least if you think of Tatum and, and Brown and their and their fantasy upside this year, losing Hayward is, is a massive boon for both of those guys. Um, so I'll kind of throw in, like, we're really focused on Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. That's going to be the heart of this team. I think Marcus Smart could be one of those guys that you're you're using towards the end of your bench here that could just be a plug-and-play guy, you know, just try to get him in the lineup when, he, when he's healthy. Uh, another guy that interested me last year was Daniel Tice when he, when, I don't know, I, I'm trying to remember who the other guy, was it Al Horford that was there last year? Horford was in Philly. Philly. I think they had Robert Williams was one of the other guys that was okay. eating minutes, but those are kind of jags to me, you know what I mean? Right. Uh, but for the most part, Daniel Tice was productive, but he's not going to be a guy that you need to like go out and get in your draft. We'll just monitor him. But Tristan Thompson's going to be kind of coming back and, stealing a lot of his work there. So I think for for as far as guys I'm drafting on this team, we've kind of hit it on the head with Tatum, Brown, and Marcus Smart, and probably in that order too. Um, so I don't know. anything. Any other parting thoughts on Boston? Maybe Jeff Teague to start the year while Kemba's out. Is he a guy that maybe has some potential as like your worst player on your team? You know, you wonder if Smart's going to take over that point guard role. And, sure. you know, maybe we see some Romeo Langford, maybe we see some Evan Turner, um, especially when Tristan Thompson gets back, they're not always going to play him right at center. So you'll probably move Brown up to shooting guard and Tatum over to the small forward and you got TT in there getting your rebounds. So there's, there's some fun here, but it's not going to be early on. I think you kind of hit it on. We'll have to see what happens. I did see a yep. quote earlier today. Uh, sorry to cut you off, John, but I saw a quote where they're they're telling us that Tice is going to be played at the four as well. So we're going to see a double a double tower lineup of Tice and Tristan Thompson at the court at the same time. That's the only reason why I brought Tice up is because I know he was productive last year. And if you're telling me Tice and Thompson are going to be in there and his minutes are going to stay up, he could be a guy that uh, probably is on the waiver wire for for the most part. You can kind of plug him in. But uh, what did you what did you have for a thought there, John? I just think there's a lot of opportunity in this backcourt, especially as long as Kemba's hurt. A guy, a guy like Carson, a young guys like Carson Edwards, Romeo Langford, Aaron Naismith, who's a rookie this year. I, I don't, I, I'm not 
big stands of any of those guys. But if one of those starts looking really spicy in the beginning of the season, they could hold down the fort there and really have a lot of minutes throughout the season. So I I pay attention to some of those younger dudes in the backcourt. Well done. So yeah, Boston's going to be a a pretty concentrated uh, team for fantasy and basically all their production is going to come from the top three players that we discussed there. Uh, but before we get to Brooklyn, Turner's got one more question here. It's his last question. He says, uh, <laughs> assuming that's Russell Westbrook over Jalen Brown, is there is there anything that Russell says Westbrook otherwise there? Russell Westbrook, for sure. Oh. He is going to pad the fantasy stats this year. Yeah. He's going to get a ton of assists. He, he's going to average a career high in assists, I think. Uh, but so, yeah, I guess the one team that I am probably most excited about to see them transform – with what they've been doing in the offseason, I guess this year and the last year before that is the Brooklyn Nets. We got a star-studded lineup here. Uh, Drake or John, do you guys want to start first with Brooklyn? I'll let you guys fight for it. We'll let John take it. Yeah, I mean, you know, just kicking it off, obviously KD is the prize here. I mean, even with the injury, he's probably still a first-round talent, first-round pick in fantasy drafts. Um, I mean, he's he, he doesn't – what we saw in the finals two years ago, he doesn't need to be able to run to shoot threes over Kawhi Leonard. So, I mean, this guy is going to produce offensively no matter what shape he's in, 50% of himself, 75%, whatever. He's still going to score 25-plus with relative ease. If, you, if you're in a league where percentages matter, Katie is – he's incredible. He, he Not only does he make a lot of shots, but he, he makes them very efficiently. Kyrie is obviously our number two here. After that, it gets kind of interesting. I mean, in the past, Dinwiddie, Lavert have been really useful fantasy pieces, but with with the lion's share of the touches going to Durant and Irving, as you as, as I think everyone would agree, um, I'm not sure where the value is for anyone else on this team outside of Durant and Irving, outside of you know kind of late round flyers. Okay, anything to add on that, Drake? You know, a guy I might look at is Jared Allen. Um, if his minutes are up, and I'm assuming he's going to be playing a lot more, DeAndre Jordan's kind of there because KD and Kyrie want him there. Um, I think Jared Allen could have a valuable role getting those blocks, getting those rebounds, just being a big guy. You know, centers can be so valuable and score for you um, in fantasy. So that'd be another guy I look at. But I agree, you know, Levert was a fun piece, but with Kyrie and KD there, that ball's not moving much. Yeah, it's going to be pretty heavily concentrated there. And then if you, I mean, if you sat and watched a Brooklyn Nets game at any point this year, I think, and, and say you had Karis LeVert or even like a, a, a role player like Torian Prince, you're going to be like, what the hell? Where are my points? Because everything's just going to be KD and Kyrie and then uh, gobbled down rebounds by Jared Allen. So I think we hit that on the head pretty much there. If you guys have any more thoughts on that, otherwise I'm going to move on to this team is the Charlotte Hornets. I, I don't know how to tackle this team. I don't know how to tackle this team. They have uh, basically two players here uh, that I'm pretty confident are going to be pretty good fantasy players here. And the two guys that I think I like, I mean, Gordon Hayward is, is a good player. He's going to be probably one of their, their most heavily minutes uh, type of player here. Uh, but then I'm super interested in the, in the development of PJ Washington. He was a really productive rookie for, for them that I think exceeded everyone's expectations. And I'm expecting them to play him more at the four and the five position this year and try to get him uh, just in different spots. But drafting LaMelo Ball, all of a sudden you have Devontae Graham, Terry Rozier. So I'm super interested to see how this this kind of three-headed player system works at the point in the shooting guard. Gordon Hayward's probably the safest fantasy player on this team. 
Uh, Miles Bridges is still a really good backup role player too. And then I don't think we're interested at all in these, uh, these centers, I guess we'll call them there, but <laughs> John, how do you, how do you feel about this Charlotte Hornet, this young Charlotte Hornets team? Well, that's a great question. I, um, I'm probably not going to be drafting a lot of these people unless they fall considerably. Like I like Hayward. I think he's a good fit on this team. There's someone has to kind of score the ball for these guys. And I think he'll be probably their primary offensive option from that respect. At the same time, I mean, he's not a guy who's shown he can be healthy either. I, I kind of value availability a lot, so he makes me kind of nervous. But Hayward's probably the guy I'm taking first in drafts, followed by either Graham or LaMelo, and just kind of depends on if I'm looking for a guy that I, I need some assists for, from or if I'm looking for more of a shooter score type. So, What do you got, Drake? I think we can move on from the Charlotte Hornets. <laughs> I will say um, – <laughs> Don't sleep on Devontae Graham. Even though they added LaMelo Ball, uh, Devontae Graham was the best player on this team last year. Um, very productive player. And now that they have an actual point guard in LaMelo Ball, Devontae Graham's best asset is his scoring. Uh, and he's also he's, he's just a really strong player, uh, really good uh, up-and-coming talent, I think. So don't sleep on Devontae Graham. I saw his value kind of creeping in ESPN mocks where he could be a piece uh, that helps us win. So uh, we'll get to Cleveland next year on the right-hand side, but we're going to talk about Chicago. And I don't really know too much about these young Chicago Bulls here. I don't know if John or Drake uh, had a better, had a better uh, grasp on it, but John lives in Chicago. John, what can you tell us about this uh, upcoming Chicago Bulls team? Well, I mean, Levine is probably the number one fantasy option, though uh, – I mean, Carter, I, I really do like Wendell Carter. I draft, I got a lot of stock in him last year. I think he could be a piece. Um, I'm, I'm not as excited this year around just because he left me wanting a lot last year. But I think he, I think he's a solid kind of flyer guy late in drafts. Uh, same with Laurie. I don't, I don't think you need to reach on Laurie Markkinen or Wendell Carter Jr. I think you can wait until you've filled out most of your starting roster before you grab them. And they're not bad lottery tickets. If, I, I, if someone has to do something in that backcourt this year, and I would or this, that front court, and I would assume it's one of those two. Levine, I think, is the one guy I feel like I can plant a flag in on this team. Like he's going to produce. It's obviously going to be primarily offensively, but he's going to produce enough to get you get by. So I wouldn't be a, a afraid to draft Levine. Um, the jury's kind of out on Kobe White right now. I don't I don't know if 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 a lot of people think he's going to be a real true NBA point guard, but um, I I wouldn't be afraid to take a flyer on him either. Um, I'd probably take a flyer on their bigs before I take one on him, but um, if you need guards, I wouldn't be afraid to grab them at the end. But yeah, Levine is the only guy I would count on with any with any confidence. Well done, Drake. Do you got anything to add on the on the Chicago Bulls? Yeah, just touching on Levine. Uh, one of the major problems with him is again health. You know, is he going to be available? Is he going to be around? Uh, I like Levine a lot. Otto Porter's kind of one of those guys that you can fill in your roster with to you know get you some rebounds throughout the week or something like that. Um, just kind of look at Wendell Carter. I also like him a lot. We just need to see him out there. We need to see him playing and. Hopefully, you know, Chicago's got a fun little nucleus here of talent. It just depends how they use it. Drafting Patrick Williams kind of was a head scratcher for me. I don't know if you guys wanted to talk on rookies at all. Um, he was the fourth overall pick. Probably not a fantasy relevant player this year, um, unless he kind of sees an extended role. We'll have to see how uh, Billy Donovan plays plays those young guys. 
I think they're going to try to give Otto Porter as much opportunity as he can. He was all dinged. I don't remember what his injury was last year, but he missed, what, like 60 70% of the year last year. So we really haven't seen what he can do for the Chicago Bulls. So I would imagine if Otto Potter, Porter comes out hot, we're not going to see a lot of the rookie uh, just this year yet. So I'm probably not going to be drafting him. But uh, I don't know. Kobe White, Thomas Sadoransky was on and off my lineup all last year. Even Archie Diacono would chip in like, there's just a huge mess at point guard. So th- I think it's all about Levine. Interested in Otto Porter as a flyer is like one of my last picks. We didn't really talk about Laurie Markkinen. He was actually a pretty productive player before he got hurt last year too. But again, you, you hit on the word, a really good young nucleus here, where if, if they're if everyone's healthy and the starting five kind of stick together, I'm not going to be shocked to see this team uh, compete as like a, you know, the eighth, ninth, 10th best team here and maybe get into that, uh, that tournament playing situation that we got going on. But I don't know. I think we talked enough about the Chicago Bulls. We'll watch them and see what's going on uh, for this season here. But the Cleveland Cavaliers are next, and we have our resident Cleveland Cavalier fan, Drake, here to tell us all about it and what we're going to be – what are we looking at this year? All right. So, obviously, you're looking at Colin Sexton. He's improved massively last year. He's going to be a guy that can score points for you. Not going to get high assist numbers, but going to be able to score the bucket at will. Another guy, Kevin Porter Jr., I was using him a lot last year, too, as a plug-in. When he starts and when he was starting with Sexton and then Garland coming off the bench, they were doing some great things. He, The guy has all the talent in the world. Um, sorry, it just cut out on me. <laughs> um, you know, looking – Looking down the list, Kevin Love obviously is still extremely fantasy relevant, especially if you're looking in that categories leagues. He can shoot the three. He gets rebounds, uh, gets assists. Um, Another guy, Larry Nance, he can be a fill-in guy depending on how many minutes he's playing, getting those rebounds, getting those points for you. And then a top 20 fantasy player is Andre Drummond on this team, which is Shocking to hear, but uh, Drummond fills up the stat sheet for fantasy. He's going to get you the blocks. He's going to get you the rebounds. He actually, I was looking it up today. He was maybe in the top 10 in steals last year as well. Um, Just just a fantasy dream uh, stuck in Cleveland there. When did JaVale McGee sneak onto this team? We got him and took on a second-round pick. It was a salary dump from the Lakers. Okay. So. But it looks like they'll keep him around. I don't think he's got much fantasy relevancy, not on a contending team. Um, so I look at this roster and I wonder what the minutes are going to shake out here for the three shooting forward spot here. Uh, did you like Isaac Okoro? Do you think Seti Osman's going to be the starter? Or are they going to give Okoro uh, as much opportunity as he can right away? You know, we'll see how he does. Um, I would assume Chetty is going to start, but uh, Okoro I really like. He's a great defender, a great 3 and D guy, and they have the belief that he's going to develop a shot. Um, even so, he fits this team nicely, and he he's going to get some minutes. Um, another guy coming back is Dylan Windler. He had an insane shooting percentage at Belmont in college. He just didn't play last year. He got hurt. And then with COVID and everything, there was just they weren't going to bring him back. So, 
any uh, any thoughts on Cleveland from you, John? There, <laughs> I just pulled up Drummond's stats because they're they, it, it is really interesting that he's the fantasy prize on a basketball team. But if you if you play in category leagues, if you even if you play in points leagues like we do, Drummond he averages over his career he averages more than thirteen and a half rebounds a game, more than a steal a game, more than a block and a half a game, more than fourteen points a game, and then on top of that, last season. He averaged the last two seasons. He's averaged over 1.8. He's averaged like 1.9 steals per game and 1.7, 1.6 blocks per game. It's just freaking nuts. Like it's his, crazy. His defensive output is nuts, and his rebounding output is nuts. I, I, if you again, this is one of those guys that's like a fringe first round pick, depending on scoring settings and league size. I mean, he he's a real fantasy prize. He fills everything up. And then I think the thing that blows my mind is these steals. I did not expect yeah. from a big man like that. Uh, but, yeah, he's he's going to lead the league in, in 20, you know, double-doubles that are 2020s uh, kind of thing going on. And he doesn't really have – now that Tristan Thompson's also kind of out of the way, like everything is just set for him to have uh, probably his most productive season, I think, that we're going to see. So if you want one Cleveland Cavalier, this is the guy you pin your hat on. Uh, but don't sleep on Colin Sexton. He's super cheap. He's super cheap on ESPN leagues. And then before we leave Cleveland, I want—I uh, just want a couple more thoughts on Darius Garland, Trick. I was kind of keeping an eye on him last year, and he seemed to get better as the year went on. What uh, what can we expect from him? I think this is his second year, right? Yeah, I would expect kind of you know how Sexton came into the league. It was a very rough first year, but the end of the year, they kind of let him just play basketball ran his stuff and you know he started to play better same thing with garland garland and kevin porter jr really paired well together um i don't remember the exact percentages but i would look for him to come on strong he's they're gonna he's gonna have to be able to distribute the ball better he's he really likes to shoot between him and colin sexton you know there's not a lot of assist numbers there yet and that's one one area you're going to want to see improve before you'd want to probably roster garland if you're me, I'm probably going to roster like eight calves. So, <laughs> what, what round are you taking Delhi in? Maybe the last round, like mystery relevant pick or something. Leave the light on for him. But quick question for both of you guys: between Chicago and Cleveland, which team is more likely to get into that uh, that play-in tournament? You know, if you just were looking on paper, you would think Cleveland would be, but that just hasn't been the case. I, I just I don't know what team comes out. You know, I I have no idea. I would say Cleveland has a more talented roster, maybe for their starting five. They have Love and Drum in there. Um, there's no player like that, you know, outside of Levine on Chicago. But Chicago's depth is nice. I guess that's the one part yeah. of your roster. Cleveland's a more condensed. We know they're going to be a seven to eight, nine man rotation, and we kind of know who it is. But um, I wouldn't be surprised if neither of these teams are in the playoff chase. To be honest, one of them will surprise us. One of them will make a one of them may make a run for the ten seed. But let's move on to two more exciting teams and teams that we're probably going to be much more heavily invested in here. We're talking Dallas Mavericks. We'll talk about the Denver Nuggets just a little bit here. But uh, John, take us away with Dallas. What can we expect from this uh, really fun uh, Dallas Maverick lineup? Yeah, I, I wouldn't. Luka Doncic, obviously. I mean, I think he's he's got a an inside shot to win the MVP. I mean, if I was betting on someone to win MVP right now, I'd probably take him honestly. Um, so I, I just think he he fills every need you're going to want in a fantasy player, regardless of format. I mean, 
I couldn't imagine a format where he's not a top five pick. I really, I, I, I don't know all the different fantasy basketball formats out there. I'm sure there are literally thousands of them, but Luca is the guy. I think if you get him in the first round, you're going to be very satisfied with your team all year. Kristaps is obviously the number two, but he's pretty much constantly hurt. Um, if that dude's healthy, he's an incredible piece, an incredible player. He, he puts, he, he gives you, not only does he give you the, like the traditional center stats, like the, the blocks and the, and the rebounds, but he, he gives you really good three point shooting percentages. So, you know, if that stuff matters to your league, he's, he's, you got to bump him up multiple rounds, probably. Um, Josh Richardson, I thought was a good get for them. I really like him. Um, I, I think Tim Hardaway is, you know, a good fit. I like their wing rotation around Luca and around Kristaps, but, um, you know, are those guys going to put up fantasy relevant stats? Uh, I'm not sure. I, I think, I think Luca is going to dominate a lot of the ball. Um, and he's, he's, he's going to be the one, one guy you absolutely want. I mean, if I had to pick one other piece, I'd probably take Hardaway. But I think everyone should be monitoring Richardson, especially early on, to see how he meshes with Doncic and if he's more of an offensive piece in this in this team than he was last year on the team and in the years prior on the teams he was in the past. I think I think two years ago maybe uh, he was he was one of the main offensive pieces in Miami and he was quite a fantastic late round fantasy get. So if he can return to that form, he's going to be an absolute steal in the end of drafts. Yeah, the, at the addition of Richardson really intrigued me when I was looking at the draft ADP today, just because there's there's no pressure on him to do anything in the offense besides just be a piece to Doncic, where he's just kind of he can just be himself and float in space. And I'm just looking at this shooting guard depth here. He doesn't have any competition for minutes. Like that's that he's going to be a heavy minutes guy there, depending on health. Uh, but then I think you're going to see a lot of Tim Hardaway, Dorian, Dorian Finney, Finney Smith was a good player towards the end of last year. I liked what I saw to him. Uh, and then the one thing that I did want to point out is Porzingis is going to probably be a week or two behind. Uh, he's not going to be starting right away. So he might be a early January kind of addition here. So there could be some some potential for like a Dwight Powell or Maxi Kleber, but nothing I feel great about. But if, if you want to bet on, on the Mavericks, it's Luka. Take him anywhere you can in the top. Just take him anywhere you can, if you can, uh, really. But uh, Drake, did you have any, any other thoughts here on the Mavericks who – Tell us about your uh, your Madden or your 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 two K simulation today. <laughs> oh yeah, I went through the two K twenty one simulation, and we had the matchup of the Boston Celtics versus the Mavericks. The Mavericks swept them, and Luca only averaged forty points per game, only in five minute quarters. So, yeah, that was that was the finals matchup. So he was Finals MVP. A guy I really like. Um, in that shooting guard is Josh green. And I really liked him in the draft. I thought he would have gone higher. I think he's going to fill in that Seth Curry role pretty well. He can shoot the ball. um, Doesn't have to have the ball to be effective. And I think, you know, keep your eye on him. He's not going to be a guy you draft, but he could really start filling in, you know, a role there pretty easily with that competition. I like everything there. The Mavericks are going to be a really fun team to watch. Uh, Just, Everything like they got a, a few injuries to stay healthy. Of the other guy that I did like as a potential guy that you could potentially just be on and off your team throughout the year is Dwight Powell, who had a really he was he was very dinged up last year. But center points are super easy to plug and play off the waiver wire, so he's probably going to be a guy that I flirt with all season. Uh, but I did want to throw out there was a Lamar Jackson the Miles Boykin touchdown. I don't know if uh, you saw that mm-hmm. there. Right? Lead fourteen to ten. Michael Gallup caught the, the, the Dallas touchdown there. 
Uh, but let's move on to the Denver Nuggets here. Super fun team. Uh, it's it, this is a pretty uh, very condensed focused offense here. We're gonna we're gonna I think Jamal Murray is one of the most fun players to watch in the bubble this last uh, tournament here that we saw. Michael Porter Jr. really took on he came on really hot down the stretch there. He was in like when I, when I was playing DFS during the, the NBA playoffs, he was one of the guys that I made sure to get in my lineup at all times. Paul Millsap. Nothing really here to see. I think Jermichael Green will probably take overtake him at some point, but then it's Jokic. Is uh, at how high is is it to take Jokic? I think that's a really good question there. Uh, but I guess I'll let John. I'll throw it to John and see what he got on Denver here. Yeah, I mean Jokic, you're going to draft, you know, first beginning of the second round. Murray, depending on league format, you're going to, you know, could be anywhere between the second and the fourth round, just depending on, you know, league size, format, all that stuff. But Murray's obviously the second pick. You, you, you said it yourself, Kyle. Yeah, Porter got really hot at the end of last year, and I think he's the most interesting player on this team. He might be one of the most interesting players in the entire league, just in terms of, you know, he's got some incredible opportunity incredible up, upside and he plays in an offense in an offensive situation where he's not no one cares about him everyone's focusing on Jokic everyone's focusing on Murray if Porter takes advantage of this opportunity not only like he did last year but builds on that um, you know you're going to have an incredible fantasy piece that you're probably grabbing uh, maybe mid rounds in a, in a smarter you know in a league with a more competitive league certainly end of drafts in a less competitive league so um, he's a guy that I would absolutely take a flyer on. And if you know, you know, I, I probably wouldn't go anywhere. I wouldn't go anywhere in like your, your first five, kind of your foundational starters, but anywhere after that, depending on how competitive your league is, I wouldn't be afraid to take a stab at him. And if you can get him at the end of your drafts, then give yourself a pat on pat on the back. <laughs> yeah, he's one of the guys that can make your whole draft. And like, it, Basically, like you have that like that whole first week or two of, of basketball coming back and then you're going to be like, holy crap, like this is where the chips fell and we got a, we got ourselves a player here. You're going to probably know right away with Michael Porter Jr. So super excited there. Drake, did you have any uh, any hot thoughts here on Denver? I'm super excited about Jamal Murray this year, though. Yeah, I think you guys hit on it. Michael Porter Jr. is so fun. And, you know, we were doing the fantasy basketball together on DFS and always a guy you could plug in. He fills out the stat sheet and the sky's the limit for this guy. Like they said, um, I'm really excited about him outside of the two big guys. Uh, you know, Gary Harris, probably not a guy you're going to play much. I, his offensive game kind of disappeared last year. Um, I, I don't see a whole lot of, you know, other fantasy players on this team. There's three. Millsap maybe is a filling guy. I, I yeah, I don't. I think we hit him pretty well. That was one of those guys that was kind of in and out of the the free agency pool. I think people kind of needed him for a week, and that was kind of it. But this offense is Jamal Murray with the the pick and roll with Jokic, and then they're gonna have uh, bits of Michael Porter Jr. sprinkled in, and Gary Harris is probably just too inconsistent. So super fun team to watch play the game of basketball, but everything is just super focused for. Uh, for fantasy, but bowl bowl. Do we see anything on bowl bowl this year? <laughs> I hope so. Just a little, you know, little taste. Actually, you know, Millsap is a guy I really like, and he fits this team like a glove. But he's getting older; he's injury prone. If he somehow falls apart or the wheels fall off, even if he's healthy, Jermichael Green's a guy who, in you know, has played well in the past. 
he's he's a good shooter. I think he's a really nice fit next to Jokic. If he's for whatever reason playing a lot of minutes next to Jokic, I think he would eat quite a bit, and uh, he would be a very useful fantasy piece if something happens to Millsap or Millsap's just turns out to be too old this year. Yeah, and, and just like Michael Porter, Jamichael was one of those guys that I was plugging into my DFS lineup as like my cheapest guy, just because he was he was on a minutes points per minute basis, he was super productive. So I hope they give him some more run here. Uh, so here's a fantasy relevant uh, point. The NBA sure. passed a rule, I think it was this week, that you cannot sit healthy um, star players, marquee players, for the shortened season. So mm-hmm. I think that's really going to play a role with some of these guys that are starting out with injuries, that teams might you know, take that as long as they can, especially contending teams with veterans. Mm-hmm. And you know, I don't know how they're going to get by that rule. Um, it seems like that's kind of always been a rule in the past, but I think they're coming down harder on it this year with the shortened season that, especially when they're thinking about having fans. Yeah. And then I also saw a thing where the NBA or my, my boss told me about this today, but he said the NBA was able to dole out $30 million to each franchise just for, for net losses from last year and probably not a lot of fans this year. So I think the NBA is basically saying like, Hey, like we want condensed season. We want the best players to play. We want this to be a good product. So, yeah, uh, why Leonard? Oh, that might change my mind on Kawhi Leonard a little bit there. He was so frustrating last year. Um, but uh, Detroit Pistons, Golden State Warriors. How much time do we need to spend on the Detroit Pistons? Uh, Drake, give me like two or three of your favorite pieces of Detroit. Blake Griffin, when when healthy. I mean, Blake Griffin is just a fantasy stud. He gets the assists, he gets the points, he gets the rebounds. He, he's but that's the thing, one healthy. Um, I think he's rated like the 150th player right now in ADP. Um, we'll see. We hear it every year. Blake's back. He can do that. I mean, he's got all the talent in the world. But outside of Blake Griffin on this team, I think I'm good. This might be the worst team in the league this year. Yes? No? No. I think uh, I think when healthy, Blake Griffin's awesome. When not healthy, I think uh, Jermai Grant is going to be really awesome too. He he was a massive producer in, in Denver. Obviously, he's not going to have the same kind of open looks that he's getting from Jokic and Murray on this team, but I think he's going to be, if Blake you know, does what Blake does and gets hurt, I think uh, Jermai Grant is a really awesome piece that you should definitely pay attention to. Um, honestly, I wouldn't even be afraid to take a flyer with your like last pick or one of your last picks in the draft, depending on league size. Killian Hayes is my sleeper for rookie of the year. Maybe not even sleeper. I, I mean, he's his draft capital is so high, but um, he's the opportunity is there. He's competing with Derrick Rose, who I think at this point everyone you know he's he's kind of a if he's a starter, he's you know twenty four to thirty minutes a night. If he's a backup. You know, he's that's a great role for him. But I think Killian Hayes has all the opportunity in the world within that backcourt where it, with Derrick Rose and DeLon Wright are really the only two pieces that are guaranteed any minutes. Um, so I, I, I would I, I really like Killian Hayes this year. OK, yeah, so- I, w- I would agree with that. What do we think about Josh Jackson? Where did he end up? Josh Jackson's on Detroit. They signed him to a pretty nice contract this offseason. Um you know, could he have a fantasy role, a waiver wire guy? He's always been a guy that intrigued me because, of course, Phoenix took him. He's always been a, a victim of, like, too much talent at one position here. But now, I mean, 
just looking at all this opportunity that he has here, he could stick out here and, and get probably the most minutes and opportunity he he can get in this in a career so far. But I don't know. Maybe we see him as like a like the second or third last round where you just add him and see what happens in the first week or two as far as opportunity. I think John hit a really big keyword with uh, with Killian Hayes is he's gonna get he's gonna be getting starter minutes probably right away here. So I would imagine. I don't know what the con like. Do you know what the contract situation was for Jackson? Did they pay him like almost starter money? I'm not, you know, hundred percent sure. I can look it up here. Uh, but definitely something to keep an eye on there. I think Detroit's going to have um, they're going to have opportunity there. Someone's got to score points other than Blake Griffin, uh, so there's going to be some help along the way. But I think we'll move on to Golden State here, and we do know that Clay Thompson is, is it confirmed that Clay Thompson's like not playing at all in this year. He can't even play probably for the playoffs. Like. It's it's pretty much 100% confirmed, yeah. Okay, so uh, we're going to be interested, I think, in Andrew Wiggins with that opportunity there. Of course, Steph Curry, uh, Kelly Oubre, Damian Lee. Uh, these guys were kind of – Damian Lee played pretty nice last year. I'm trying to think of the other guy that I was looking for. Eric Pascal was a good guy last year with Draymond Greenhurt. Um, so they their depth was really well uh, built up last year where this is going to be a much deeper team and more competitive team. Getting James Wiseman, Marquise Chris, was a good player last year for them. Uh, there's a lot of fun pieces here, but without Clay Thompson, John, what do we, what, what can we expect this Golden State team to look like? Well, I think after the Thompson injury, they made a trade for Ubre, um, if I'm not mistaken. So I think that's intentionally going to be their Thompson replacement. Now, obviously, Kelly Ubre is not Clay Thompson. I don't think anyone, I don't need to tell you that. You already kind of know that. Um, but I think Ubre was a guy they intentionally brought in to you know, I'm doing the air quotes here to replace Quaid Thompson. Um, Steph is obviously the prize on this team. I think Wiggins has some interesting opportunity. I did a mock draft today and Wiggins fell and into a nice place. And I was very excited to pick him up. Um, Ubre is a guy I wouldn't be afraid to grab on this team. I, I'm not totally sure what the injury situation with, with Draymond is right now, but if he, if he's healthy, he's, he's going to get touches. He's going to, he's going to do things outside of points that you like. He's one of those guys who he's got COVID. Okay. Um, so in theory, he should be good, good to go to start the season. That's still quite a few days away now, like 20, almost 30 days away. Not quite that many, but still. Um, so yeah, Draymond's a guy outside of points. He's doing just about everything else for you. Um, and in our league where you get a point for every technical foul, Draymond's really spicy. Um, Wiseman, I was listening, so I haven't listened to as much NBA content as I'd like to recently, but I was listening to Steve Kerr do an interview like a week ago or something, and he was, he was, if I could say down on Wiseman, I guess that's what I'd say. He's just like, Wiseman is behind he's draymond is the center he kind of fills that center role in this team and draymond and steph pair really well together i'm kind of paraphrasing kerr and it's going to take a lot of effort and time for wiseman to crack into that kind of main into that center role um i, I I'm, I'm a little more down on wiseman but uh than others might be but i think he, he does have some massive opportunity i mean it, and a lot, you know, coach speak is a is a weird thing. So who knows what the hell Kerr was saying? But Wiseman, I'm a little down on him. But again, if you you got an opportunity to take him late in the draft, I wouldn't be afraid to do so. Good stuff, Drake. What do you? I mean, in terms of like for fantasy, Steph Curry, Wiggins, Ubre, Draymond. That's pretty much the only four that I think I would consider there. But I think I think we were talking earlier today, and you said you might not be interested in Curry as a first round pick. Uh, so I'm just kind of curious about your thoughts on how Golden State's going to be operating this year. 
Um, the only reason I wouldn't be interested in Curry is just the injuries. You know, they've kind of stacked up this year or the last couple of years, and now it's him, Wiggins, um, Kelly, and then, you know, Draymond will be back. Like, you know, John said, Wiseman is – He's not he's not there yet to be on a team like this. You know, you you plug him into an organization that isn't the Warriors. He's probably starting right away, but he's he's got to work his way for that. Um, just a professional organization that's you know led by Kerr and Curry. Um, so I think you kind of hit on it. The fantasy relevant guys you're going to have Curry, Wiggins, um, Draymond for sure, and then you know Kelly's. I don't know what his, you know, how he fills in that role. Um, he played pretty well with the Suns last year. I would think he's going to play better, if not, you know, just as good, if not better, with this team. So he averaged 34 and a half minutes, 18.7 points. He'll chip in, you know, six and a half rebounds, but he's also a pretty steady guy. I mean, just a couple of 1.5 assists per game, 1.3 steals. Uh, but that's enough there where if he's getting 30 plus minutes, this could be a guy that is easily, you know, a 25 to 30 point fantasy player for the most part here. And he mm-hmm. doesn't have to do much. So I would expect this assist number to go up with a guy like with, with shooters like Curry. And uh, I don't know. I, I think there's there's good potential for I don't know what his ADP is either, but seventh, eighth round if he's there, that's when I think it could be really nice value. Uh, and then just some guys that, that are going to be rotational players. I thought Damian Lee and Eric Pascal, just with all the injuries they had last year, they relied heavily on these young players. And they kind of they kind of held things together for them. They weren't fantastic, but they got a lot of good opportunities last year where they could build off of uh, their their early seasons there. So I think that's pretty much it for Golden State, though. Let's move on to Indy. We'll, we'll go to Houston first before we get to, Indiana, <laughs> get to Indiana. But John Wall is now a Houston Rocket. Also, they signed Christian Wood, who I'm a big fan of. There, I'm trying to think. Of anybody else new here? Is that Sterling Brown here on the Houston? Yes. Rocket? Yes. Hey, Christian Wood and Cousins. Demarcus Cousins, yes. Yes. Okay, so this is an interesting team here. We have no clue what's going on with James Harden. Can we assume James Harden's not going to be on this team in like the next week or two, or like how do we even handle this? No, we can't assume that at all. In the next week or two, I'm not sure, but in the next this season, I think he's gone at some point. So. Uh, does what's going on with Harden right now? Does that deter you? Like, yes, Giannis. We like we love Giannis. We love we love uh, uh, Luka Doncic. Who else would you be taking over Harden at this point? Harden is such a fantasy beast. I mean, it's he, you could even even in the most chaotic scenario like this, Harden still makes a really good argument to be a number one pick just because of everything he can do, his shooting percentages, his efficiency. I mean, even if he goes to a team like the Nets where he's maybe the beta to KD's alpha, sorry, Kyrie, um, he's still going to score a a lot of points because of how efficient he is. He doesn't need a lot of touches. He's still going to get insane assists. Um, Harden's top five, no matter what, even if he gets trapped in a strip club for two months, he's still a top five fantasy piece. That would be an interesting story. Um, but anyways, a lot of fun new pieces here for Houston. I'm super intrigued to see how it works out. I think John Wall's got, like, is he ready to go and healthy? Like, is Yeah, he- he's 100% healthy. Everything's he's- good to go. We'll so- see it. Um, I'm excited to see John Wall play again. John, The game's better when John Wall's healthy. Um, I hope we get... 75% of what we used to have um, with Wall. 
he's a fun player to root for. I like about putting John Wall in a team like Houston is he doesn't have to be the face of the franchise. He just needs to be uh, a role player that is just going to just basically be a starter. He's going to, he's just going to have to dish to Harden. He's also got Christian Wood to work with. Uh, so he's got some pieces here where he doesn't need to put all the weight on his shoulders, which I think is the best position for him to be in to have a little bit more years in the NBA. But as far as fantasy, like, are you going to be drafting John Wall at any point? Like, do you think there's, there's, there's relevance there? I don't know what round, but I would, I would think in the, you know, later rounds, you know, mid to later rounds, John Wall's worth it. And he's yeah. a guy you want to root for too. Right. So he's yeah. like a player to have on your, on your, on your team. Um, yeah. As far as like, cause I know, I pick second. I'm not taking James Harden. I'm taking Luca. So if I'm going to draft a Houston Rocket, it's going to be Christian Wood, uh, who I think like round the earliest. I think I would do it is round five, six, like in that range. But I just think they, they the money, the money trail is there. This dude is going to. I just I have a really good feeling that he's going to like being there and uh, and have a pretty good season. But John, what do you got for us on the Houston uh, Rockets this season? Yeah, I think John Wall is an incredible like high upside, high value, mid-round, late-round pick, depending on, you know, league size and all that fun stuff. If he's available round seven, eight, nine, I'm taking a swing at him. I have no questions asked. Christian Wood, even if Harden goes, I think John Wall, I think we all would agree he's an incredible passer and such a good passing talent that he's going to be able to set the table better for Christian Wood than any guard he's ever played with in his career. But if Christian Wood gets the pleasure of playing with John Wall and James Harden, I think Wood could finish as a top 50, top 40 fantasy player, depending on format. I mean, he's he's a guy who's been just – if you look at his stats at the end of last season, very, very spectacular. He's a guy who's been begging for opportunity since he was playing with Giannis in Milwaukee like two, three years ago. Um, and people were people could see he had some – there was something there. He, he had some of that it factor, if you will. So Christian Wood's a guy I'd like a lot more if Harden stays, but if Harden goes, I still think John Wall's going to do a good enough job setting the table so Christian Wood could eat. So Christian Wood's a guy I wouldn't be afraid to pick at all, um, even like as your first power forward center if you're kind of avoiding those guys earlier in the draft or something like that. Okay, that's pretty good. We're going on about 54 minutes, and, and I know it's halftime. Of, it's basically halftime of the football game. I don't know. Do you guys have maybe 10 more minutes? Yeah, yeah, we can speed through. Yeah, so, okay. So for Atlanta or Indianapolis, I'm just going to bullet point it. Basically, yep. Demona Sabonis is probably the first player off this team. Uh, and then TJ Warren, super hot run to the end of the season. It's going to be TJ Warren. Malcolm Brogdon is probably the next guys there. I do think Miles Turner could be a really useful player as a center. Uh, but I think Sabonis essentially supplanted him last year as the main big threat uh, in far as, in, as far as scoring and rebounds. And then Oladipo, keep keep an eye on Oladipo. He he came back from injury last year. I don't know what to expect from him, but it sounds like he might be traded as well too. Uh, I know there was rumors of that, which he denied. But if Oladipo gets to a greener pasture, or if he's at least he should be a much healthier and much more productive this year. But just something I'm keeping an eye on, just because his value is pretty low right now. But uh, any any thoughts, quick on in Indiana before we move on? I think it's more likely Turner gets traded than Oladipo, but I wouldn't be surprised if both of them are moved. Yeah, we'll we'll see if TJ Warren can keep up what he was doing last year, especially in the bubble. Um, that makes Indiana a fun team to watch. You know, you look at your their roster. There's not a lot you love, but they're a good team. Um, fantasy, you know, maybe Malcolm Brogdon. We'll see later rounds, you know, what he can bring a full healthy season. 
yeah, if I'm drafting a pacer, it's it's Sabonis, it's Warren. Those are probably the top two I like. And then it depends if Brogdon's value becomes really good in the rounds, like I don't know, like maybe fourth round, fifth round, if he falls a little bit. Uh, but I think the Pacers could have some fantasy monsters for you there. The Clippers, anything real quick on the Clippers? I know it's Paul George, it's Kawhi Leonard. Do we get enough points out of Beverly? Anything? Else? Williams can give you some fun points. I mean, Lou can just go off. He'll have some chicken wings, lemon pepper, um, and he'll be having a good night. So I, I like keeping Lou Williams on my fantasy team just for those those points. You know, he can he can score in bunches for you. Anything quick on the on the on the, the Los Angeles Clippers here, John? I would keep my eye on Luke Kennard. Uh, he's got some upside, and I, I heard Lou might be on the trading block too. So if Lou goes, Kennard is immediately their third scorer. But I agree with Drake. As long as Lou Williams is on this team and as long as it's the regular season, Lou Williams is going to be eating lemon pepper wings all day and all night. Yeah, I think Lou should get sent to Orlando. Ooh. I think he found a home there. there he he really found his spot. The Lou, the, Give me the Lou special, please. Yep. Um, but yeah, I, I like the Clippers a lot this year. Beverly Jackson, not really interested there. Just give me Kawhi, give me George. And then, yeah, I did notice Lou's value in, in ESPN ADP was pretty reasonable. Uh, but let's move on to the other team in L.A. Of course, we know LeBron. We know Anthony Davis. These guys are both fringe top five picks. Uh, but then they also made an addition here that I thought was interesting with Dennis Schroeder. This might be a guy that is the probably the third most consistent, you know, outside of Davis and LeBron. That guy has my interest there. Also, the veteran signing of Wesley Matthews, but he's more of a defensive guy there. Don't really know if there's much else here for fantasy. But, John, did you have any thoughts on the Lakers real quick? Yeah, Schroeder should be third on this team in minutes. I mean, he's the third most talented guy on this team. Pretty much no questions asked. Um, Kuzma, I think we've been saying this for the past three years, ever since he's been in the league. The opportunity is there. He, you know, he sniffs at it once in a while, but um, Schroeder, I would definitely take in drafts. Kuzma, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be afraid to grab him in my last pick, but beyond that, I'm not taking him. Anything real quick there, Drake? I like uh, Harrell. I like the Harrell signing, and I think he can mm-hmm. fill out, uh, you know, be a nice plug and play for fantasy purposes. Okay, that's the LA portion there. I don't know how many teams we got left here, but Memphis, really quick, I. I because we in, we enacted this keeper rule where anything round three and up, I'm looking at John Morant pretty hard round three right now. I think he might be a good piece to build around. Dylan Brooks had some good minutes last year. I'm not sure what we can get out Kyle Anderson this year, but Jaron Jackson was a beast until he got hurt. But I think he's going to be out. Uh, I think he's missing the first two weeks at least. I think I saw that report. And then uh, uh, Valanciunas is still pretty productive here. He could be a really good role player. I don't know what round he's being in, but – uh, as far, Brandon Clark was also a pretty good role player when Jaron Jackson was out too. So there's a lot, uh, there's a handful of pieces here, but I don't really know outside of John Morant if I'm comfortable. Like I, I need this guy on my team here. Drake, did you have anything quick on Memphis? I really like Justice Winslow if he's healthy. He, I mean, he's really good fantasy asset if healthy. Um, I think I took him pretty early last year when he was with the Heat and it just didn't uh, pan out, but he's got all the potential especially on this team to start and contribute. So he's expected to turn early this season. So he might be a guy that has a really low draft ADP. You just draft him, pop him right in the IR, and then you just go to the, the waiver wire store and you just figure it out for a couple yep. of weeks. Um, John, anything real quick on the Grizzlies? I think Brandon, I, I agree. Jer- I had Jaron Jackson last year. I think Jaron Jackson is incredible. He he fit Morant like a glove. He fit what this team's trying to do like a glove. I think Brandon Clark might steal a spot. 
I think the opportunity Brandon Clark has at the, end, the beginning of the season and his skill set and his talent level and what he was able to prove to us last year as a rookie where I didn't think he would do anything, I think he could steal Jackson's spot, even if Jackson comes back 100%. And they're going to have to ease him probably back into the rotation and get his minutes up. So Brandon Clark, sleeper, that's probably the one sleeper here that we've, we've, uh, we've kind of identified so far. But, of course, John Morant, fantastic young player. He's probably uh, around three pick at this point. Uh, but looking at the Heat real quick, a really fun team here. We got Bam Adebayo, who I'm super excited about. That's what this whole team is about for me. Jimmy Butler's super, super talented. He can fill up all the stats there. I, I'm, to me, I'm not a fan of Jimmy Butler, so I'm probably not going to draft him. Uh, but for me, Bam Adebayo, not really sure what to do here at the power forward position. Miles Leonard's a fine player. I don't know for fantasy, though. Jimmy Butler, though, of course, probably a third-round pick, maybe a second-round pick. Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero, both guys – uh, really productive in the points category. And then I don't know what's going to happen with Drogic and none here. That might be kind of a, a rotation, kind of uh, whoever the hot hand is here. But Drake, anything real quick on the heat? I think you hit it pretty well. Drogic's productive fantasy player when he's you know starting and playing minutes. We'll see what they do with him this year. Um, obviously, come playoff time, he's the guy. But I, I like Drogic for a fantasy player, maybe a late round. You know, Stick him on your bench, and he can fill in when needed. Anything there for you, John? Yeah, Jimmy Jimmy Butler is a significantly better real-life player than a fantasy player. If Bam Adebayo isn't the first player you take off this team in fantasy, you're doing it wrong. And it seems like Jimmy Butler just always has some kind of injury that he's always dealing with, so he ends up missing a game a week or something from what I remember. But um, we're going on a little over an hour here. Let's just cover the Milwaukee Bucks real quick, and then I don't know if you guys have any other parting thoughts. Maybe we, we just hit on a couple more players real quick. But Giannis, probably the number one pick for most people's leagues. Chris Middleton's going to be probably the next Milwaukee Buck take, and if not Drew Holiday, those guys are both probably fringe third-round picks. At this point, besides Brooke Lopez, it's, it's pretty much the only four guys you're going to be interested in terms of must-starts. But I'm super interested to watch how Dante DiVincenzo uh, produces it. I think this is a third year now. And then Pat Connaughton, those guys are probably going to be trading off minutes there at the fifth. But uh, John, any quick thoughts here on the Bucks? Anything besides uh, the players that I mentioned there to keep an eye on? Last year, the Bucks had the most depth, in my opinion, besides maybe the Lakers in terms of their big men, their power forwards and their centers. This year, they don't. They're, they're actually kind of at the opposite end of that spectrum. Obviously, Giannis, Brooke are going to eat a lot of their minutes. But I think uh, the result of all the losses that they've had at those positions, Bobby Portis, who can play both of those positions, he shoots really well, so he and, and he he can defend well, and he does everything well enough. I think he fits really nicely next to Giannis if you want to play him at center, and he fits really nicely next to Brooke if you want to play him at power forward. I wouldn't be surprised if Bobby Portis has the fourth or fifth most minutes on this team and a lot of really easy looks and opportunities. So I, I think he's he's kind of the sneaky sleeper guy I, I would want to snag off this team. Uh, the one guy that I'm uh... – I don't know for fantasy, but a guy I'm super interested to keep an eye on, Tory Craig. I don't know what the minutes are going to look like because with the rotation of Dante and Pat Connaughton, I think that might be a mess for fantasy. But uh, Tory Craig's a really good player. I just don't know if that's going to you know translate to fantasy at all. But Drake, any any quick pieces on the Bucks here that interest you? No, I think you guys covered it pretty well. All right. I've been slurping a lot of Tory Craig Kool Aid for a long, long time. I think he's one of those guys who's going to give you thirty minutes and like five to ten points. He's 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 really really good real life, but fantasy production I just don't think is going to be there. Right, he might have one of those games that he just he's he's like the best player off the bench, but it's going to be so hard to predict that you can't really trust it. 
Um, so we're going a little over an hour here. I think that second half is about to kick off. Did you guys want to hit on any other teams here that I'm kind of scrolling past here? I think we tried to hit as many as we can. Uh, Phoenix is going to be a lot of fun this year. Um, I'm not really sure what to expect out of Philadelphia, but Ben Simmons and, and probably Embiid are probably the two guys that I feel most comfortable about. Portland with Joseph Nurkic back healthy, super excited about what Portland can be. And then I don't know what to do with the Sacramento team at all, but uh, any other any other thoughts or final teams here? We're going to be doing a um, – is it next Tuesday we're going to be doing live? We're going to do actually a full – we'll do a full mock draft and try to hit on as many players. Every player that we pick will have a little blurb or two about. So I think there's going to be a lot more there. But as far as uh, just setting the table for the, the upcoming season here, was there anything else you guys wanted to make sure we covered tonight? Let's do the Wizards. Yes. You want to start with it? Sure. Westbrook is a first round pick. I, I, I couldn't imagine a format where he's not. He's he's he fills all the he fills all the boxes. He does everything. And I think the series pissed off. I think this 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 Houston thing and, and the Oklahoma City thing. I think he's just I think he's got a chip on his shoulder, if you will, and he's gonna be absolutely awesome. Bradley Beal, in my opinion, was the biggest all-star snub last year. He he not only does he score quite a bit, but he's he's a better passer than anyone ever gives him credit for. He's not a great defender, but he's going to give you some steals. Um, he gets a couple of rebounds. He's a he's a he's a really solid secondary fantasy piece, and just also a, an incredible number two guy for uh, an actual NBA team. Uh, Rui Achimura, I like uh, Davis Bertans. I like these are guys I wouldn't be afraid. Troy Brown, Denny Avigi. I can't. I'm not. Even, I should never even have attempted his last name. I'll just say Denny. Uh, those guys, I think, have some opportunity. I would like to see which one of those emerges as like which one or two of those guys emerge as the, the, the primary wing pieces. I would expect Bertans to get a lot of run at the beginning of the season because they paid him a lot. But this is a team where I think there's a lot of usable pieces because Westbrook and Beal just take all the attention. Yeah, anything real quick there for you, Drake? I really like Bertans as well, um, and Denny, especially with Russ running it. They finally have a point guard that's running this team. Um, he, Bradley Beald, he doesn't need the ball like Russ does. Uh, I, I like this team, as we talked about before. Could we hit on the Pelicans quick? Nope. Uh, yes. We got to hit on the Pelicans. <laughs> Where are the pills? There we go. Okay, I'll let you lead off here. All right, I'm going to talk about everyone but Zion because that's uh, John's. Take Zion. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Lonzo Ball. You know, I don't. I don't know what his fantasy impact is, but I'm instantly looking at Brandon Ingram. And yeah, Brandon Ingram. I. He is just so good at basketball. The game just comes so smooth and easy to him. Watching him develop last year. Um, I wouldn't be afraid to reach a little for him because he's going to fill out all your fantasy stat categories. Um, and then I'll let John talk about his love. Before John gets to Zion, I want to add one more thought on Brandon Ingram. Like, is there a most improved award in the NBA? Cause yeah, there is. I, I don't know who got it last year. Um, yeah, I think it was Ingram. Was it Ingram? Okay. I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah. Yeah. He was impressive. What was he putting up? Twenty-one points per game, something like that. I mean, just he was an all-star in the West. I mean, that tells yeah. you all you need to know. Yeah. So, Ingram, if as good as Zion is, if you can't get Zion, or I like Lonzo Ball as, as a as a good depth piece if you if you need some point guard help later in the mid rounds. But Brandon Ingram, like I'm I'm willing to build my draft plan around. Like he's he is so fun to watch, and I think the number one thing for me uh, when I draft my fantasy team 
is I'm trying to have fun. I want to draft players that I want to root for. And, and I think Drake hit on it. Like Brandon Ingram is a fun player to watch and uh, we haven't seen the best of him yet, but uh, we also haven't seen the best of Zion Williamson. So John, send us home with some Zion love. What a beautiful segue. You talk about players that you, you draft players because you want to enjoy watching them. You want to have fun. I mean, no one fits that bill better than Zion Williamson. There's a lot of things that have been said about this guy, but I think the reduction of Drew Holiday up from this roster creates a really interesting scenario where Zion's going to have the ball in his hands more as more of a, a guard, you know, kind of a, a shot creator type role. And um, I, I think that's exactly what he needs to become, kind of one of those point forward, point center type pieces. If he can turn into that this season, not only does he give you those all the points and all the rebounds and all the steals and all the blocks, but then the assists start coming. Uh, this guy, he, if, you, if he's one of those guys who you could take in the second or third round and you'd be, and by the end of the season, he becomes your, your number one value pick. Um, I mean, he's got MVP potential written all over him. I don't think it's this year because of Luka and Giannis, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's an MVP caliber player in the next two or three seasons. And then for the next 10 years after that. Well said. Uh, so we're, we're going on about an hour and eight minutes here. I'm looking at the kickoff just about to start here. I want to finish with one more question. We're going to get into a lot more information and stuff next Tuesday night when we do our actual mock draft, but our league is going to be a keeper league this year, which changes a lot of things. Uh, round three, uh, do you, I don't know if you guys look much at ADP, but if you guys had to pick round three is also a very crucial round because the top one or two rounds, it's all studs. Like we know the names, we know the games, but getting hitting on a guy like Zion Williamson round three, that that's, what's going to make your team, you know, a, a legit like championship contender, or you could potentially get a guy that's not so hot. So like uh, John, if, if, if you could hit on one guy in round three that you think isn't uh, exactly as getting as much love right now. Is there anyone that comes to mind real quick besides Zion? I, I, Zion ain't making it that far because I'm snagging him earlier than that. But um, uh, that's that's a hard question. I, you know, round three and later, right? So it could be anyone. Um, you know, a guy like Bradley Beal, he comes to mind. A guy like Brandon Ingram comes to mind. My goodness. Um, I think a guy like those are probably the two I pick, but those are also two guys we just talked about. So I, uh, yeah, maybe pull up the rankings. That would help me a little bit. Uh, Drake. So um, basically we're looking at, uh, if I just kind of, so Zion's at number 24. So uh, if, if Zion falls uh, to the end of the second round, I'm going to, I'm probably getting him. So you better do your due diligence there. But like we just said, Brandon Ingram sitting at 25, that essentially makes him a third round pick in a 12 team league. Donovan Mitchell, uh, John Morant, Drake. Sabonis is a guy who jumps I, out. I really like Shy Alexander. That's one of my favorite players going into this year. Um, that's a guy I'd look probably on my team to snag third, fourth round and keep because I think the sky's the limit with him, especially with OKC. He's just going to get a run free this year, which is great for fantasy. He is the guy. Uh, so I will. I mean, I'll also call out John Morant because I think he's got a lot to build off of what he did last year. And if they get a healthy Jaron Jackson right away too, that that team just has more talent around him. I think that could be a lot of fun. Uh, and then Bam Adebayo, what is he? Twenty three years old. He's super. He's super young yet. He's been kind of inconsistent with his health, but uh, Miami paid him this offseason, right? Like they they basically said, "You are the guy we're going to build around here." So super excited about some of these guys here that aren't really at the top of people's list, but 
could be the difference in your fantasy season this year. Um, so I don't know. Any other parting thoughts on this before we sign off, you guys? John, we'll go with you if you have anything real quick. Um, uh, a guy we didn't talk about on a roster we didn't get to, DeMar DeRozan. He, I think he was like somewhere around averaging 25-5-5 in the bubble. He's he's getting slept on really, really hard. I think DeMar DeRozan is a guy that um, you start to – after you kind of fill out most of your starters and if he's still on the board, he's a guy you absolutely have to grab. Uh, anything for you real quick there, Drake, before uh, we see each other Tuesday night for our mock draft special? Um, no, you know, just again, I was talking about uh, Shy Alexander. You know, we didn't hit on the Thunder because there's not much to hit, but that's a guy I would really pay attention to in fantasy going forward. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. We're going to get into a lot more things next Tuesday night when we do our mock draft. We'll probably be doing a 12-team uh, head-to-head points mock draft where pretty much every player that we take will have a, a thought or two on. So we're going to hit a lot of people. We get a lot of good things out there before we uh, we get to the actual season here. So I want to thank Drake and John for your time tonight. Thank you for Turner in the chat room. A lot of good questions out of Turner tonight. So that was Thanks, cool. Turner. Hopefully Thanks, Turner. people uh, get some more things brewing here. But I don't know. First show in the books. We'll see you guys next Tuesday night. Thank you so much for your time. And uh, we'll see you in another one. Peace. Cheers. See you soon, guys. Bye.